Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are a game winner in the NBA All-Star Game, a recap of the exciting weekend from Cleveland, a photo finish at the Daytona 500, a couple of big extensions in college football, a preview of the top 16 seeds have been revealed for March, in or out whose bubble is still floating, and whose bubble has been popped. A few more games left in the regular season are five college basketball games of the week. And with that, I give you our chief of our fire brigade, Rob Cal. Thanks, Colton. Good to be here. You know, we're live in Matt's basement again here in Delaware, Ohio. Like Colton said, we're going to get into some NBA stuff. The All-Star Weekend was last weekend, and um, I watched some of the game, watched a lot of the uh, festivities on Saturday night and some of the game on Sunday. Um, Let's talk. Let's talk about the Saturday festivities to start with. Matt, you want to start us off? Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll kick it off with the uh, with what actually kicked the weekend off there, the skills competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a little interesting this year, kind of a different format than what we're used to seeing. I, I think it kind of took the skill a little bit out of it. It turned into more of a shooting competition, mm-hmm. which in this case ended up favoring Team Cavs, who I think had had the best shooters of the bunch there. Yeah, and uh, you know they were able to bring home the crown, but uh, you know it, it's. It was fun. It just, to me, it wasn't a skills competition like I'm normally used to seeing, you know, dribbling through obstacles and right. making good passes and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I, I think it was less less what you're used to, but they, they still were able to make it fun. It was good to see the hometown crowd team win there in the Cavs. Right, right. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it was obviously obviously different format. And, you know, I, I had predicted last week that, that Team Cavs would come out on top on uh, in this competition. I just thought that they had kind of the – all around game to, to kind of, you know, do well mm-hmm. in, in all the different categories or, or whatnot. And I thought, you know, that was, that was, you know, ultimately what, what won them the competition. I mean, at the end of it, it, the, it came down to who made a half court shot, you know, the quickest. And I don't know if that was necessarily the best way to decide who went, won Who's, it overall. What team's the most skillful? I, I thought, I thought maybe they should have switched up the events and made like the team relay, which is closer to what the actual like skills yeah, competition. That been maybe that should have been like the the finals or you know the, the, yeah. the final round or right, whatever. Yeah. Um, but you know, I thought thought it was you know decent, kind of kind of exciting, but. Uh, you know, a, a real interesting move there from from team, you know, team Giannis, team Antetokounmpo's. You know, they were tied with team Cavs to decide who was going to take that final spot in the uh, in the final rounds, and they, you know, they decide to to select, you know, Thanis, who's probably the worst three point shooter of of the three brothers, who's made a total of eight career three pointers in in his 116 games that he's played. They chose him to shoot, you know, shoot the three pointer to. You know, it was kind of a back and forth match of who made it to the made it to the final round, and they yeah, that's that's who they picked. And you know, I don't think they really knew what was going on because even the announcers were saying like, oh, well, you're going to pick the worst to go against the best, and then you're right. going to finish with your best against the right. Worst. I, maybe they thought so it I, was I think all they of thought them they were, were going to shoot yeah, or whatever, and they were just who were deciding who was leading off. And right, it was only one shooter. Right, and yeah. it only took one one time. That, you know, yeah. Team Antetokounmpo missed, and Team Cavs knocked it down the next yeah. shot, and and and. You know, not to a big surprise, as Darius Garland is a much, much better three-point shooter than than yeah, right. you know the the Thanos for for the Antetokounmpo's. But yeah. yeah, I thought overall was was a decent decent you know competition. But yeah, I probably would have liked to see the um you know the the kind of the team relay maybe be the the final round there. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed by the effort of something like mm-hmm. you, you know when they went through the actual skills part where they're dribbling around the stuff like they were 
they were kind of dogging, dogging it. it. Yeah, yeah dogging, dogging it, it not bit. really yeah. going full go. Right, right. It took some of the fun out of it. Well, I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. and I think that the team passing for me made a little bit confusing because it seemed like the the furthest point or the furthest pass was worth the least amount of points, which didn't really make sense yeah. to me. But you know, obviously they they you know the the hole was obviously bigger, so you know the potential to to knock it down was was a lot higher. But then. You know, if you go to the yeah, closest like a half court, like an outlet, it's supposed to be like an outlet pass, right? And you know, up the sidelines or whatever, and right? Uh, and, and it was worth the least amount of right. points. So I don't know. If maybe they need to change the the format in, as far as the scoring goes if they want to kind of stick with this same you know format. But yeah, that was something that just kind of caught my eye when I when I was watching the competition. Well, and then why they changed it to where that the skills part was worth two points that the other two, the shooting part was worth one and the right. passing part was worth one. Right. I didn't really make much sense either. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe they were just trying to do that to, I mean, ultimately they, I think they may have, may not have gotten what they wanted in the yeah. sense that so two teams tied to, to try to get that, you know, tiebreaker right. before the final round kind of thing. Gotcha. So yeah, that makes sense. All right. The, and the next was the three-point contest, which I thought was the most exciting of the yeah. three events. Should have ended the night. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, yeah, we'll you know, we that. actually had <laughs> – We'll get to that in a minute, yeah, why that yeah, is. Got down to the finals, um, the big cat, Carl Anthony Towns, against Luke Kennard and Trey Young in the finals. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, the big man, 6'11", uh, wound up beating up beating the, you know, the three-point, the you know, the sharpshooters or whatever. And uh, – you know, I, that was neat, kind of pretty neat to see, and, and he, he looked good out there. He was stroking. Yeah, he was a man on a mission. He walked out there. He said, you know, I want to prove to the league I'm the best big man shooter in this league, and mm-hmm. I'm one of the best three-point shooters in the league, and he proved it that night. Yeah, that night he definitely, you know, made, made I think his... I think Colton, you had picked Kennard to win, and I had right. picked Trey Young, so right. our guys did make it to the finals, but – and I and I had said that Carl Anthony Towns probably wasn't going to do very well just because he's not a very high volume you know right. type three pointer. So I thought he would just you know get kind of gassed or you know kind of run out of run out of steam there towards the end. But he got better. It seemed like as the the competition went went on, he you know yeah. was was stroking it more and more as he got closer to to the end. So. You know, shame on me for going against yeah. big big well, cat. You, but you uh, you agreed with Vegas because he he was a long shot at right. thirteen to one. I yep. wish I had a wish I had put a put fifty bucks, bucks on that. Right, right. <laughs> but no. uh, you know that that he was the long shot and the thing. So I thought that was the high point. You know, because you did have um, you know everyday names that you you know that maybe the casual basketball fan would recognize. Mm-hmm. Um, just yeah, a lot more the, representation, yeah, you know, right. from and from well, different teams sure. and, and whatnot, and just well, was a pretty close competition. You know, wasn't like one person you know ran away with it. Right. You know, you had a tight tight battle. I it thought. was nice to see the Ohio native there and Luke Kennard make mm-hmm. such a good showing and yeah. put 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 on a show for his home crowd fans. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. And then the big stinker of the night, <laughs> the dunk contest. <laughs> oh boy, which we talked a little bit about last week in the preview that. You know, there was only one guy in the whole thing that I'd even ever heard of. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's who I picked to win because he was um, he was in it last year and he did do a pretty good job. Was last run, year. runner up last yeah, year. Yeah, and that was um, Obi. Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin from the New York Knicks. But um, I, it's to the point now where I think they should just do away with the dunk. Right. Yeah. At the end of the day, this competition came down to just the fact that you made a dunk rather yeah. than like what you actually did to make that dunk. Like yeah, he, as long he, as he you could have gone it, up there, jumped off of two feet and right. Had and a and, and won the final round because of, you know, 
the result of of his you know the person that went before him and won you know Toscana Anderson you know not you know having the greatest of temper you know whatever and scoring the bare minimum at a thirty um and it it was already down in in the points so it was like yeah Ob could have gone up there and just you know one handed it and you know he would have probably gotten enough points to to you know do it or whatnot but. Yeah, this this event, I don't know. Pretty it, anticlimactic. Yeah, that being the highlight at the end of the. Well, night. I, I don't know. Did these guys not stretch out or something? I mean, they were. I mean, they were like they, their feet were in concrete. They mm-hmm. weren't even jumping as high as you. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I I think it's just one of those things that like, because they try to do so much or you know they try to put on a show, and and they're not always able to you know do it on the first attempt. That by the time you're on the third fourth attempt. Just it, you just have lost, it. you know, lost the you concentration know, the, and yeah, and just lost kind of the crowd already of like, man, yeah. just yeah, put you, the ball you in the hole. Could have heard a pin drop in that place during yeah. the whole contest. Even right. the judges, I mean, even the judges it. were falling asleep over there. Again, so. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so the hi- the highlight of that event was the uh, TNT crew making fun of the event. Right, yeah. basically about, saying I can pick ten guys off the street who could dunk better than this. <laughs> yeah, basically saying that you know what we said is you know I don't think this event should be you know, kind of ending the night, it should be the three point contest. Yeah. I don't have, I don't see the NBA ever going that route or, right. or, or even thinking about I that. They got to do something. They got to do something because yeah, this, this dunk contest thing is, is not, not working. I mean, it's, it's, not. it's, it's went downhill the last yeah. several years. Right. Right. You know, <clears throat> as far as from a stand, a fan's point of view. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Let's get uh, a little Daytona 500. Well, no, we're talking about the actual, the actual All-Star, All-Star game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I almost <laughs> forgot about that. Yeah. No, yeah, the All-Star game, you know, Team Durant against Team LeBron. And, you know. This, this might have been a highlight of the whole weekend. Yeah, yeah. It definitely lived up to the billing. Right. Definitely did. You know, we saw a lot of scoring. <laughs> As uh, always. Record set. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, and Seth put on a show. You know, just just killing it from mm. three point, and yeah. you know if he'd have been in the three point contest defending his crown, we probably wouldn't have had Carl Anthony now <laughs> right, as, right, as right. your winner. Right. As good as he did shoot, I, Seth is just unbelievable. he's unbelievable. Yeah. The guy is just a a pure shooter. That's yeah, that's, that's all you can say. Um, yeah. But you know, like like Dad said, uh, you know, Team LeBron came out on top. You know, one sixty three to one sixty there, and uh, you know, came down to a, a buzzer beat. I mean, LeBron had. You know who who better than to take that final shot and, and make that final shot? Your team you know. captain. Well, to be fair, it's always a buzzer beater. When right, it's Elam right, right. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't always have to be like the next point wins type that's deal. Um, you know, next bucket wins type thing. So yeah. I guess that's that's kind of the, the game winner. Or, you know, whatever. Um, in the sense, and yeah, who who better to you know put it on for than LeBron? Yeah. You know, the hometown guy. You know, coming back to Cleveland for the first time. You know, not really first time, but. Just coming back to that to that crowd since he's you know kind of left for L.A. in in a big big stage big moment right. type deal um, and, and you know two defenders on him and does a you know a step back one legged you know fade away and it, it rattles in and, and goes in there and you know I, I think for as much as the NBA has gotten the dunk contest you know wrong or hasn't figured out how to make that better mm-hmm. this NBA All Star game they have figured it out with this with this Elam ending thing I, I think like people. It. Are like a lot it. more engaged. They they you know like this format a lot better. It just makes her. We we've seen a lot more competitive games here right. the last you know since mm-hmm. they've kind of adopted that rule. We we've seen more competitive games, Absolutely. and I think it's it's been a, a very big benefit to to uh, you know to the NBA and and just 
you know, ratings and, and people actually tuning in to watch right. watch the game. So, yeah, we, we talked about Trey Young was in that three-point contest. He must have used up all of his threes in that <laughs> contest because he shot horribly. Yeah. If he, if he makes one or two more of those threes, right. it, team, team Durant easily wins this thing. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. It, it was definitely an exciting contest. It was. And, right. you know, the, of course, LeBron got a warm welcome in uh, Rock and Roll Central. Yeah. But uh, yeah. ha- halftime is where it really took off for me being an old-school NBA fan. love seeing all those – those all old those old guys come back, back together. Oh, yeah, See yeah. Some of the yeah, seventy-five top. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With Jordan making the night in after after racing into town from Daytona. Yeah, that, that race gets over. He flies. He hops on his personal jet, flies it, into Cleveland, and makes his makes grand, it just grand in time. entrance. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, and it, you know, like I said, LeBron getting the warm welcome in Cleveland was was pretty neat to see. Uh, you know, I'm sure they would. They would take him back, welcome, <laughs> welcome him back with open arms. And at this point, he'd probably be happy to leave the West Coast <laughs> right. to come back. Right, right. The Lakers as, are looking as bad so. as the Lakers have been playing and right, as surprisingly right. good as the Cavs have been playing. Yeah. So, All right. Well, now let's talk about the Daytona Five. Absolutely. Not yep. trying to rush us through here tonight, <laughs> but, uh, you know, Matt said, uh, you know, Le- uh, Michael Jordan hopped on a plane and flew flew home after his driver fared pretty well. Yeah, at I, Daytona 500. I think had his driver won, you know, had a, had a photo win instead of a photo loss. I think Jordan probably wouldn't have made probably it. Probably wouldn't he have made it. Probably would have been celebrating his guy's first first uh, NASCAR win there. Right. Yeah. yeah. But it, it was another guy who ended up celebrating their first win, rookie Austin Sendrick, mm-hmm. yeah. having a heck of a race for, for a rookie there. Staying Driving, out of trouble yeah. all day and. Yeah, driving the, the driving the number two car, and the the guy who used to drive it was right up there with them all race long. It, it was kind of a battle, and mm-hmm. yeah, uh, saw saw the rook win. It was made yeah. for an exciting contest. Started yeah. in a fifth position, which you know is it's good. You know, I think at Daytona you got to stay out of that that middle group. That's where all the all the problems happen. But uh, yeah, Bubba Wallace, like we said, uh, Michael Jordan's driver came in second. And he did a good job. I mean, he started 16th, so, mm, he you did. know, he's back there in the pack. So, yeah. you know, staying out of trouble. They There was three big wrecks mm-hmm. um, on, on Sunday. So, you know, to, to stay out of that, um, you know. And then also there was a new driver, uh, the new team, Floyd Mayweather's team, mm-hmm. uh, Kaz Garlis. He wrecked on lap 40. So, yeah, he, uh, didn't, not, a, not a great show. He did finish, wound up finishing 26th. Mm-hmm. But, uh, mm-hmm. So not a good start for Team Mayweather there. But, um, you know, it was an exciting race. That You know, the a lot of the Nick Kyle Larson's on the pole, you know, a big name from, you know, he was a hot driver from last year. And, and uh, there was a big wreck with 10 laps to go that took out a lot of your big – took out Larson, took out uh, Kevin Harvick, took out Chase Elliott. So, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of your guys that were probably – you know, odds-on favorites to to win this race got taken out, so that opened the door, like Matt said, for the rookie Austin Sendrick. So, uh. mm, yeah, I think for me the the big storyline was was kind of looking at you know this was the first race that that mattered where we got to see the new the new car the, the new generation yeah. you know car to see how it actually handles in a race that actually mattered there you know actually is putting points towards you know the standings and things like that and. You know, I, I wouldn't say it was a, a horrible showing, but, you know, it wasn't a, a good start. Um, so, first, you know, the first half of the race, the first two cautions were caused by wheels popping off. And, and, and they have this kind of new design where the the tires and wheels only have like a single lug nut to, to keep it keep it on That's, there. It comes from Indy, from the Indy car. Right. And I, don't, so, and I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I, I like the old... Uh, 
you know, watching the guys on the pit crew. You know, that yeah, I think that takes a little bit of the, the I do too. fun or, you to know, me, a little bit of the, the competitive edge that some of those teams have at having, you know, Well, good. we saw races won and lost in the pits last year. And right. The, and, the, and the one being the uh, the final race of the season, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, that the pit crew had their best stop of the whole season or second best stop of the whole season time-wise mm-hmm. got your driver out in first and he wound up winning the race and winning the championship right so. right and so you know with that kind of new single lug nut you know kind of design we you know the first two cautions of the race were wheels popping off or you know mm-hmm. issues around the, the wheels and tires and things like that so you know definitely be something to look forward to or you know keep an eye on the rest of the rest of the season and then well and those those same wheels and tires actually caused some controversy after the race mm-hmm. uh Austin Cendrick's team who won and actually all the team Penske drivers, they had their wheels confiscated by NASCAR. They're looking at them. Mm. Oh uh, I guess, I guess before the race, they, they had said something was wrong with these tires. They weren't fitting right. So mm-hmm. they asked for permission to, to drill them a little wider. Right, right. So it would fit better. So they went ahead and did it. Right. But I guess NASCAR never gave the, the approval. The full approval. So there, there may still be some issues with that. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. So I hate to say not the Not the way you want to start off right. the season with, you know, potential, you know, did, Drama. you know, potentially have to vacate the win now or, you know, anything. I, I don't think they're talking that. I okay. think they're just talking like a fine okay. or, or right. taking some points okay. away or something. But. Yeah, I, that's one That's one um, improvement, I guess, in NASCAR's eyes that I didn't like is mm-hmm. going to the single single nut wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, to me, that you're getting farther and farther away from NASCAR. NASCAR, you know, the stock cars of old. And I mm-hmm. know they're trying to appeal to a, to a different crowd, but to me, that's what one of the things that set set NASCAR apart right. from from open wheel car Indy and, and and such. So, mm-hmm. but we'll see how it works out for them. You know, it was an exciting race, and they they go all the way from from Daytona all the way out to Fontana, California, in one week. So. <laughs> one, one coast to the other. Yeah. So. Well, they were in California before that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like wow, we're not uh, worried about. Um, yeah, they're getting their frequent flyer yeah. miles. Yeah, we're not I worried guess. about the. Uh, our carbon footprint here <laughs> yeah, again. Right, right. <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, you guys got anything else on Daytona then? Or no, nope, I'm excited for a good season. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, let, like Colton said, we're going to talk about a couple coaches uh, close to close to the you know Where panel here. I guess um, got big extensions this this last week. Um, Luke Fickle in Cincinnati. Matt, you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, Fickle received himself a two-year extension through 2028 and raised his uh, annual salary to $5 million per year. I think this is definitely a well-deserved extension for him after leading Cincinnati to be the first non-Power 5 team to make the playoffs. And uh, he had him in the discussion last year as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, two, two great seasons out of him. He's one of the great young up-and-coming coaches. And mm-hmm. I, I, they definitely want to keep him around. Yeah, I so think they're, they're trying to lock him down. They're doing yeah. what they can. Because there was some talk of maybe, you know, right. him looking at other jobs. It never came from him, I don't mm-hmm. think. But just, just I think there was a Every job his name came Right. Up. There right. was teams that are interested because yeah. of the job I think he's doing down there in the Queen City. So, yeah. Um, you know, we'll we'll see. I, I think it was a good move. I agree with you, Matt. Yeah, I think I think the big thing for me and, and not just, you know, Fickle getting his, you know, salary up, but then the uh University of Cincinnati also upped the kind of the salary pool for all of his staff as oh, well. Nice. They they went from uh the you know, roughly about three million or so dollars up to about five five point two million dollars, which you know, may not make sense right now, but I think they're looking they're looking ahead because if if you you know I've been col- following college football, Cincinnati's getting ready to transition over to the Big Twelve, which ah. you know they're 
is is a step you're, you're up. Gonna and, have to be yeah, and he's going to have to have you know salaries. And and we've seen over the last mm-hmm. several years a couple of Cincinnati you know assistant coaches leave Being the coach, program, go yeah. to go be an assistant at a, at a bigger school, and then you know potentially then move up to be head coaches mm-hmm. at, at other schools. So I think I think for Cincinnati to be somewhat competitive in that Big Twelve, you gotta you know be able to pay your coaches or whatever to be competitive in that in that right. new and, and I think you know keep your staff intact right too. Have right that, and have that continuity mm-hmm, absolutely so you know and obviously they're walking into the Big Twelve with obviously the Oklahoma and Texas you know projected to leave to go to the SEC mm-hmm. so Cincinnati could walk in there and be you know almost in the top you top know I won't, won't won't say that they'll win the Big Twelve their first year but you just you never know and I think. Adding that, you know, increased money, I think, set yourself up to, to potentially be there towards right. the top. So definitely not, you know, the, the, the pool of money is nowhere near the top as as some of the other Big 12 schools that they're getting right. ready to join, but it's a step in the right in the right direction, I think. Yeah, so. good point, Colton. Good point. Well, and the other guy that uh, got a big, well, t- extension, I won't say it was hit, uh, just through the 2026 seasons, Jim Harbaugh in Michigan, mm-hmm. um, went uh, – Jumps his salary from the first year at just a little over seven million to in the final year of the contract a little over six seven point six million. So um, you know, good good money for Jim. Uh, you know, it, this was a guy that you know it, it talked about leaving, going to Minnesota, and there was talk that maybe that was all just a ploy to get to get a contract extension to get his salary raised. I'm I'm not sure of that, but. He says he's now committed that the NFL just was a one-time thing. But every well, time I've heard, if, it, if he does try again, there may not be a job waiting for him back right. in Ann Arbor. And, and, so. I, and I, you can't blame the, right. you know, the yeah, You can't just keep yo-yoing no, them. Can't, no, yeah, can't no, keep like, playing the you you're know, not sitting gonna, on the fence type deal. Right, yeah. It's either, it's either you're staying or you're going. And the next right. time I think it comes up. Now, I mean, not to say that there wouldn't be teams that would reach out to him, but I think – the next time he goes into interviews right. for an NFL job, I'm sorry. That's you the must, luck to you. You might as well take your stuff you with you. Put your eggs all in one basket. Because right, you're not you... coming back to Ann Arbor. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, good, you know, good, good for him. Good for the, good for the program at least to keep some, some continuity there in, in Ann Arbor. And I think it's one of those things that, yeah, we looked at it last year. He took a humongous, you know, pay cut, um, and rightfully so. Um, right. And then. You know, he, he bets on himself and says, you know, no problem. I'll take that pay cut. You know, not too many coaches maybe would be willing and to, he to do that. Yeah, and he, right. he and stepped they, up when it when it mattered. So, I mean, that's that you can't take that away from the guy. So, to say that he didn't, you know, potentially not earn this new deal, right. I, I think would be, you know, it'd be hard to, hard to say that, that he hasn't or hasn't earned the deal after, mm-hmm. you know, taking kind of a, a public shaming, if you will, last year and, and, and betting on himself to, to produce. And, you know, he, he did. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think what they really did here was just true him back up to where, where he was before mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, gave him a little incentive for, for how well he did do last year. But I thought his contract was actually really interesting. Mm-hmm. Did, did you actually get a chance I to look at the contract? I haven't dived into the details. So it, it's broken out by base pay and mm-hmm. then all the – extra stuff you do you know tv media and all that mm-hmm. his base pay is only like six hundred and some thousand dollars a year <laughs> yeah the rest is covered through this media and all this other stuff that he mm-hmm. does which is automatic <laughs> right almost uh, yeah, yeah. Almost. It, it was a really weird it was really weird the way they laid the contract out when mm-hmm. i was reading through it but, yeah yeah but yeah it's, it's, it's definitely rightfully earned and he you know for michigan and you guys hopefully you can keep it up for right. Ohio state yeah 
Maybe Hopefully not. you can't. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll hopefully well, keep the rivalry alive. If he, if he wins every, you know, once every eight years, I think Ohio State's happy to there keep him. Yeah, we'll there you go. Yeah, in Arbor, so. yeah stay there as long as you want. <laughs> right, right. So, all right. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Uh, don't leave us. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. All right, we're back. Thanks for sticking with us there through our commercial. We're going to get into uh, some more hardwood action here um, in the college ranks. We're going to the, – the the committee released the top 16 teams, the top four teams that they thought um, right now if the tournament was set today where they would fall. Um, and in the West, they had Gonzaga, Duke, Illinois, and Texas in that order. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys like that, like that West bracket? I mean, it's uh, it's it's interesting. Um, you know, obviously, that's not where I think Duke would like to be at no. to play be playing out west. Obviously, their fan base is not you know based in in that market. I mean, obviously, they travel pretty well, and Duke is a kind of a national brand. But you know, I think it'll be you know interesting over the you know next couple of weeks. You know, finishing out the season and then starting kind of the conference tournament play to see if Duke can possibly you know, move themselves up on that two line to to mm-hmm. possibly better themselves geographically to have you know a, a good you know, a better, better position to, you know, maybe have a little bit of a home field, you know, home court, you know, advantage or whatever. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think you can, you know, really argue argue too much with, with kind of that, that order. Um, you know, I think, I think that's pretty, pretty solid, you know, of, of you know, the teams that, that are listed there of, of potential, you know, just some interesting matchups if it, that's how right. it plays out. Right. Yeah, there in the West, I think the the only one I kind of take a little bit of issue with is Texas. I think that they're a little high there to four seed. Mm-hmm. I, I think they should probably fall in closer to a five or a six. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, other than that, I, I don't think it's, yeah, it's too bad. Got, then in the Midwest, you had Auburn, Purdue, Texas Tech, and UCLA. I mean, you know, Purdue obviously gets – gets a good spot there um, playing in the Midwest region, if if this holds true, mm-hmm. um, you know, in Auburn as well. Yeah, I think the interesting thing there is that the kind of the Midwest, you know, bracket, yeah, we talk about Auburn somewhat Midwest, but more more of a South team, obviously. Right, right. Um, it'll be interesting because, yeah, Purdue's sitting there, you know, at the two spot in that Midwest bracket, and, and uh, I think the final, re- the regional finals, or, you know, a couple of the regional final games are actually in Chicago, so if, if, if it does play out that, you know, Auburn and Purdue have to play each other, it would be interesting, you know, in the sense that Auburn being the one seed probably wouldn't have the home court advantage right. or, you know, the home court, yeah. you know, kind of the, the as far as the fans go, Purdue being, you know, not too, I mean, obviously not right in Chicago's back door, but, you know, pretty relatively closer than, than Auburn. So mm-hmm. it could be, you know, quite, quite interesting if that's how it, you know, plays out in the actual tournament of, you know, one versus two. And, and potentially Purdue playing somewhat of a of a home game, so. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, other than that number one overall seed, I don't think they really try all that hard to stack mm-hmm. these guys yeah. geographically. Yeah, I so I I, I, I I have no problem with really how it's stacking up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah. not so far. In the South, you had uh, Arizona, Baylor, Tennessee, and Providence. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, obviously, Baylor's kind of the winner, I think, in that. Not to say that they'll win, but uh, if that's the way it shakes out, you know, Baylor playing playing in the South, I think that's good for them. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think for me, the big surprise here is 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 Providence. You know, they're having a great a great season so far. You know, twenty two and, and three so far, and you know, coming out mm-hmm. of kind of nowhere, kind of a quiet, you know, uh, really really good Big season East, for yeah. them. And uh, I think at the same time, maybe they 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 could have potentially been moved up, maybe a spot a spot there, mm-hmm. um, just because they're. 11 and three in quad one and quad two games against, nice. you know, quad two opponents. And actually they have wins over Wisconsin and Texas tech who are both seated ahead of them at yeah. that number three spot. So I thought maybe potentially, you know, they got a better record than both of those teams. I thought they could have maybe moved up a spot to, to a three seed, but you know, like we said, it, this is just preliminary. Anything, a, anything can happen. Games to be played. Also, the last, I, I think Tennessee also came out a, a little bit better than I, I think they. You know, right now they're ranked 17th in the AP. They're mm-hmm. in that 11 spot mm-hmm. here overall. So I, I think they got got a little bit of the benefit of the doubt here. Right. Yeah, they played a tough schedule though. Tennessee right. has this yeah. year. Um, then in the East, yet, which I think this is kind of the most interesting one, just looking at the teams, if this shakes out. Uh, Kansas, Kentucky, Villanova, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. you know, the, the only Big Ten school that we're seeing in there besides Purdue. Yeah. Um, Wisconsin sneaks there in there at a four in the east. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think for me, another kind of – I know we talk a little bit, you know, about the geographic stuff, but this is another kind of interesting matchup for me. And in the east, you got Villanova there. Mm-hmm. And, and the kind of regional final Sweet 16 Elite Eight games are actually going to be played at, at the Wells Fargo <laughs> Center where Villanova has actually already played three – home games, if you will, mm-hmm. already this this year. So just makes for an interesting, you know, thing because that, that literally is almost in their backyard, um, just, you know, just down the street from where they normally play. So it just it, – it, I think it makes for something that you got to kind of look into a little bit more because, you know, playing away from home or, you know, not playing in an arena that you're used to, it, it just takes a lot more preparation to get yourself, right. you know, prepared to go. And, and with Villanova playing in a place that they – you know, are familiar with already. I mean, I think that helps them in their preparation maybe a little bit more. But, uh, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. I think I think the interesting thing in, in this bracket is, you know, Kansas sitting at that one seed, one seed there. And from everything I was kind of reading, it was that, that kind of final four spot was between Kansas, Baylor, and Kentucky. And I, I think the, the, the committee basically ba- based this ranking on quad one records because mm-hmm. if you look at it, Kansas and Baylor both have nine and one records against quad one opponents. Okay. Kentucky, on the other hand, five and five. So I think I think right now they got the order correct. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like we said, a lot more games to be played to to move up and and you know possibly lose some games and you know mix up that order. But I think Kansas is the better team and and as you know has a win over Baylor mm-hmm. already in the season. And I think Baylor deserves to be a better number two seed than, than Kentucky just based on quad one, yeah, you know, I wins. So. I don't disagree with that. Mm. One team I thought might sneak in there as a number four in one of the regions was USC maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they may, might sneak in. You know, they got wins over UCLA. and, and But they still got some big games coming up, so they got a chance to yeah, – I think USC gets in, um, but I think they got a chance to maybe improve their – maybe right now they're sitting at a five maybe. Um, they got – Big games coming up against Arizona and UCLA again. So, mm-hmm. you know, they got a chance to either, you know, rise to the occasion or 
you know, prove that maybe they are a double-digit seed. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, I think uh, also at the same time, you know, somebody that may have, may or may not have gotten snubbed from this kind of list, but I think maybe rightfully so after kind of digging into some of the details, and that's uh, currently ranked number 14, Houston Cougars, who yeah. are 22-4 and four on the season, 11-2 and two in, their own, in their own conference. And they're not even in the top 16 at all. I mean, right. they're they're ranked as you know the number 14 team in the in the, in the country, yeah. but they're they're not in the top 16. And I think that comes down to they 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 have 0 and 3 in in quad one games this they're just year. Not playing the competition, and they have and they have no you know they have one game left against a quad one opponent, and that and that's a hot a hot 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 Memphis Tigers team right, right. now right. that uh, you know is sitting there on the bubble, and we'll get into that a little bit in a little bit later. But I think yeah. that's. I think the committee, as of now, is really putting a lot of emphasis on those quad one and quad two uh, games right now. Yeah, I mean, really, you look at this one through 16, it, it very closely mirrors what you're looking at in the AP right now. Mm -hmm. So I, I think they're doing a great job there, right where they need to be. Okay. Now you guys want to get into some bubble talk? Well, let's Absolutely. do it. All right. Uh, give me your thoughts on Rutgers. Um, I will start it off. So... Yeah, we got you know the Rutger Scarlet Knights coming in at, at sixteen and ten and, and ten and six in the in the Big Ten. And for me, I gotta say they're they're in, they're in. And that and that I mean I'm not if, I, if I'm picking right now they're they're in. Right. I'm not gonna say that they they yeah, can they go lose, on a losing streak right, or they, something. They're, they're not out. I'm right. saying if we had to pick it today, they're they're in. And, and I'll tell you why. I mean they had a a week stretch, week oh. two week stretch where they beat at home against Michigan State. At that time, was ranked number thirteen. They beat number sixteen Ohio State at home. Went on the road to Wisconsin, beat a number fourteen Wisconsin team, then turned around, came back home, and beat a number twelve Illinois team. I mean, that's four big wins all in a span of you know one to two weeks. And then you throw in a win over Purdue earlier in the season. Mm -hmm. So absolutely, this, this team knows how to beat good teams. Yeah, and and looking at you know if you're putting emphasis on the the quad one you know wins, if that's what we're you know using as kind of our almost priority number one in quad one games, Rutgers has a six and three record, which I mean is not, not great, but it's a lot better than maybe some of these other teams that we're going to talk about in, in a sure. few minutes. So. Yeah, I agree. You know, and they got another, they get, they get Wisconsin again. Yeah. Their work is not done. They still have a lot. Done. They a got lot another to... big game against Wisconsin. Um, and we'll see how that goes. But I, I think Rutgers gets in at least yeah. right now, unless mm -hmm. they, unless they fall apart down the stretch. Yeah, right? I, I agree wholeheartedly. That four game stretch, it's going to be, tough to get out of people's minds when it comes to yeah. voting time to get them in. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. absolutely. Okay, another Big Ten school on our on our bubble teams, um, list of bubble teams is Indiana. Seven and nine in the Big Ten, 16 and 10 overall. So overall they have the same record as, as uh, Rutgers, but only seven and nine in the Big Ten right now. Mm -hmm. So yeah. yeah, for me, I got to say out. I, I think, uh, if yeah, like I said, if I'm picking today, I'm saying yeah. out. Their, their best win yeah, it was against a Purdue team, but it was it was at home. Um, mm -hmm. So you know, at that time, Purdue was ranked number four, but they got you know some bad losses against a, a Penn State team that's eleven and thirteen. They got a, another loss against a Northwestern team that's twelve and thirteen. So mm -hmm. just a couple of bad a bad losses, and you know their their quad one record, two and six, and, and even looking at quad two, three and four. So against the top level talent, they they have a losing record. So I mean, it's 
what kind of showing are you going to get if you let them in? So, right. and I mean, they could have really helped themselves there the other night when they played at Ohio State. They mm-hmm. had them down uh, yeah. on the ropes, minute just a minute to go, and they let Ohio State get the game to overtime, and then couldn't you know, do fell anything apart in, in overtime. In overtime. Right. And I, I Which think they did. Was, they bid, did beat the Buckeyes earlier in right. the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- that's their other quad one win. I think right. that Colton was talking about. But you know, I think I think they still need to do some work. I oh, think yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think that there's still work to be done for them to get in. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, I wouldn't have them in the tournament. They got games remaining against Maryland, Minnesota, Rutgers, and Purdue. So you know, obviously they should beat Maryland and Minnesota. Rutgers is playing good ball right now. We'll see how that game goes for them. And you know, they got to go. They got to go up against Purdue that they did already beat once earlier in the season. But, but so, now they got to go on the road now to, yeah, to Purdue. So, so. yeah, I, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be tough for the Hoosiers to get in this year. Right now, I don't have them in, but we'll see how they finish up. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, next on our list of bubble teams, let's go to the Memphis Tigers. Colton talked about them here a little bit a little bit ago. Uh, they're third in the American Athletic Conference at nine and five, and uh, fifteen and nine overall. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think right now, if I'm if I'm saying it, I I, I think they're I think they're in just because of the way that they're, tr- they're they're trending in the right the right direction. They they you know had kind of a rocky start or you know kind of a rocky season there, you know in Jan- early de- you know late December early January, you know a lot of guys not healthy, but mm-hmm. now they've gotten all those guys back. They 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 finally are, you know, kind of have their team back and I think it's showing. They're they're playing really well here here as of late. They do have a win um on the road against you know then number six Houston, mm-hmm. um, but but we just talked about Houston yeah. and how they're kind of overranked there at number fourteen, not right. having beaten any great opponent this year. And so they got one of their really remaining games against Houston. The the, the, so. the the big blemish for me and and why maybe they they of the teams I think have the most work to do here. Uh, their worst loss was on the road against a Georgia team that's won six games. Yeah. I mean that that's Awful. that's a bad a bad, a bad one loss. there to to take and. You know, I think, like I said, they got a lot, you know, some some work to do. But the, the problem is, you know, just like Houston, they don't have a lot of quality opponents left on the schedule to, mm-hmm. to really boast. So I, I think at this point they, they really have to almost win out or, you know, just keep keep winning and maybe winning in style to really impress that, that committee. Yeah, they got their big game left is with Houston again. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. for both those teams, I think that's going to be huge for, for Houston to stay in that top you know, tier of teams, you know, maybe a four or a, a five of, seed. A top of the other, you know, right. whatever. And, uh, you know, and I think Memphis needs it just to get in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you're asking me Memphis today, I, I think they're out. Mm-hmm. They're, like you said, the biggest win over Houston, who we just talked about uh, so-so. Mm-hmm. And I, they had the win over Alabama, which was big early on. But mm-hmm. even Alabama's kind of come back down to earth. So I, you know, they're 15 to nine overall. I, I look at, you got to get to that 18 to 20 win mark to mm-hmm. really have yourself pretty close to secured to being in. Right. And they may get there. I just don't think they'll have enough to go with that. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to the ACC, uh, North Carolina, the Tar Heels, sitting third in third place right now, 12-5 uh, and five in the ACC, 20-8 and eight overall. This is a team that has no wins against a ranked opponent. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know. And no, uh, no wins in the quad one. Right. Yeah. And they got remaining games against North Carolina State, Syracuse, and, of course, the big one at the end of the season against the Blue Devils. So, if the, you know, I don't know. I, you know, do you, do you give this to a team that, you know, has, has played, you know, some of these games 
like they're sitting at 28, so they've played 28 games where, you know, you look at a Memphis team that's only played 24 games mm-hmm. um, because of, you know, COVID issues or what, whatever happened there in the middle of the season where games got postponed or, or you know, eliminated altogether. So do you, do you get a North Carolina team in there that's been able to play more games, um, you know, that has taken the beating of a – you know, a 30, 32 game schedule or, or, you know, are they on the outside looking in right now? I I say North Carolina. Absolutely. And you get a team that plays in the ACC that has 20 wins. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see another, another team with that kind of record that hasn't made the tournament. Right. I I, I think that record in that, in that uh, league there, I I think that's enough alone to get you. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah, like, like you said, Matt, I think it's going to be tough for, you know, yeah, they don't have the quality wins that you would like to see, or, you know, they, Mm -hmm. they just, you know, don't have a great record against some of the top tier teams and and not only in the ACC, but, you know, in other conferences as well, kind of outside the conference, Um, you know, they got blown out by, by Kentucky. They, you know, be a, a, a ranked Michigan team at that time, but you know right. they've obviously taken a real turn for the worst and whatnot. So you know it, it. I I I would find it very hard for the committee to say a team that's won twenty games and twenty games and counting because right. obviously the season's not over uh, to say no, they're they're not. I mean, I I would find it very very hard that you know twenty twenty two you know possibly twenty three wins to I, say I agree. to say no um, that that they didn't. They're not going to make it. Yeah, yeah, they might not be the high seed that you know we're you know usually used to seeing with a North Carolina team just because they haven't beat too many quality opponents. But I still think that they they get in there because yeah, I'd of look at the pure volume eight, of eight, wins. Probably an eight to a ten seed is kind of mm-hmm. where I think they're they're slotting. I'm guessing maybe maybe a little higher than that. Okay, Matt, I'm thinking maybe a twelve. Okay, okay, um, it, but it depends on what they do. You know, these uh, last yeah, three games right. too. But I agree with Colton. I don't know how you keep a twenty win team out um even though maybe the acc is not as strong as where what it's where, it where usually it's is. usually is um or where it's been in the past but i, I got the tar heels in, in right now so mm-hmm. their bubble still float is still full of air at this point. <laughs> hasn't hasn't burst yet so yeah. let's go out west um the oregon ducks 10 and 6 um in the pack 12 um and 17 and 10 overall they got they beat ucla they beat usc but they got to play them both again back to back. That's going to that, that so, could be that yeah. could be huge for them. So I think to me they are a true bubble team. Um, I, to me, it's going to depend on what happens these these last couple games. Right, yeah. right now, I don't think I got them in. Um, I, I wouldn't put Oregon in the top sixty four right now, but uh, you know they get they get a good win against one of these UCLA or USC team. I might change my mind. Mm-hmm. See, I, I think as of today, I think they are, and I think the, mm-hmm. the win over USC and UCLA is enough to do it for them in that 17-10 record. But I think playing this out the rest of the way, I do think they need to win one of those two down the stretch to really secure that spot. And and at the same, maybe have also a somewhat decent showing in the Pac-12 mm-hmm. turn. I think if they bow out in the first round, right. you know, they get they get a win, you know, against UCLA or USC in the regular season, but then they, you know, take an ugly loss in, in the first round of the Pac-12 tournament. Maybe that, you know, that that really makes the committee in a, in a tight situation. And right. for me right now, I say the, the, the Ducks are the, the Ducks are out. And, and the reason I say that is, yeah, they got those two big wins against USC and UCLA in the in the last couple of weeks. But then in that span, also they took losses to an Arizona State team who's ten and sixteen, mm-hmm. and, and a loss to to California who's eleven and seventeen. Yeah. And just looking at at quad one wins, their records two and four. So just not you know 
not a great record against top talent. And, and so I think, you know, they, they still have some, some work to do. And, if, you know, if I'm projecting it now, I'm, I'm saying, you know, they're, they're not in at the moment. <clears throat> mm-hmm. All right. Last one of our bubble teams, a team that saw its share of controversy this week, the Michigan Wolverines, 8-7 uh, and seven in the Big Ten, 14-11 overall. I absolutely have them on the outside looking in right now. Yeah, and they a got lot of, a lot of work. To and do. I'm really got, not even sure why why they're on the bubble. At this well, because right. I think there's an opportunity there. I think they, they see the the remaining schedule. And they, they got they got four games left. They got Rutgers, number fifteen Illinois, Michigan State, or five games I guess, uh, and twenty five Iowa and twenty two OSU. So mm-hmm. yeah. I think there's potential, but. To me, they almost got to win out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would agree. They win out or they're, or they're done. Right, right. And, and that's just a regular season. I mean, I think they even have to make somewhat of a deep run maybe in the Big Ten tournament. I mean, yeah, all those wins. Uh, because I just don't realistically see them winning all, five all of these them. games, right. uh, you know, especially after, you know, what has happened to their program over the last week, the last couple of days. But we won't get into too much details on that. But you know, I, I think yeah. If I'm if I'm picking now, absolutely they're they're out. There there's no way. I mean, their their best win is you know at the time was number three Purdue that you know they blew them out by almost thirty, which you know is pretty pretty impressive. But you know they just don't have they don't have they don't have a lot of bad losses, but they just don't have any more quality wins at right. the same time. I mean, they've got a three and seven record against you know Q quad one you know opponents. So just not a not a great body of work and just an overall record that's just not not very good. So they they definitely have a lot of work to do and and you know potentially have to make a, a pretty deep run in the Big 10 tournament to really have a have a good shot. All right, real quick. This is a yes or no answer. I don't need to hear anything else. Jawan Howard fired? Yes or no? Should he have been fired? Yes or no? Yes. Um I say I say no. I'll say yes. <clears throat> okay, let's move on. Okay, our five games of the week. Uh, Colton actually went 5-0 and last week, had quite the showing last week. We only differed on one game, so Matt and I didn't weren't too shabby at 4-1. and one, But uh, <laughs> Colton, uh, you know, was the, was, was the goat last week. So right. um, this week we got a Big Ten game on Thursday at 9 o'clock. We got uh, Buckeyes going into Illinois, 22 versus uh, 15 Illinois, 17-7. Buckeyes ten and five in the conference going in against nineteen and seven Illinois twelve and four in the conference. Um, give me your thoughts on this game. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, you know this is the the first and only meeting between these two teams this this season. And, you know, unless something happens in the Big Ten tournament, obviously. But you know, both teams coming into the you know three and two in their in their last five. And you know, I think the big thing for me is how does Ohio State stop the big man from from Illinois in Kofi Coburn? I just I don't think that they have you know enough big bodies to throw throw at him they they can maybe wear him down a little bit but that man that man is a is a walking I mean he's like a walking billboard I mean he is a a thick put together individual that that you know averages almost 22 points a game and, and a little over 11 rebounds a game and so to try to limit him you know with with you know I, I don't think that they match up size wise as good with with Illinois um you know I think Illinois playing at home I, I think Illinois gets gets the win here yeah, Ohio State's looked flawed of late. They've had bad games against Iowa and Indiana. Both, in both of those games, they've had six-minute-plus stretches where they didn't score a single point, mm-hmm. and those are against two unranked opponents. Yeah. So I, I just it's been pro, it's been proven if you can stop EJ Liddell, you can beat the Buckeyes, and they always got the guy to do that in Kofi Coburn. Mm-hmm. I think Illinois wins this, and I, I don't even think it's close. I think Illinois wins it big, double oh, digits. Wow. Right. I, I, I gotta agree. I'm, I'm going with Illinois. You know, like Matt said, Ohio State's had. 
two losses in the last two weeks against unranked opponents. Um, and they blew a big lead against that Iowa team that already had beaten them earlier in the season. They had a 11 or 12 point lead there in the second half. And next thing you it's know, they're slip away. They're scrambling to, you know, send it to overtime. They, I will say they did look good in the overtime period, right. you know, yeah. um, to pull out an 11 point win, but, um, but the, yeah, the score I, probably doesn't accurately reflect no. what, what actually happened in, in that, that game. Right. So I guess uh, we'll make it a, Three out of three here, and I'll take <laughs> Illinois in this one as well. All right. Next one, uh, 2 o'clock on Saturday. All the rest of these games, I believe, are Saturday games. Mm-hmm. Um, number six, Kentucky at 22-5, and five, going into number 18, Arkansas at 22-6. and mm-hmm. Colton, yeah. why don't you get us started on this one? Yeah, going to be an exciting exciting one here. And like I said, this, this is uh, first and only meeting of the regular season between these two teams. And Arkansas is playing really, really, really well here, here as, of, as of late. And uh, both teams coming in four and one in their, in their last five. But I just think, uh, you know, there's just a lot more bodies, a lot more opportunities to score from, from Kentucky. Uh, you know, Arkansas kind of relies a lot heavily on, on J.D. Note, who averages almost 20 points a game. And mm-hmm. So I think Kentucky just has more bodies, more opportunity to, to score and, and share share the wealth, um, you know. There, there have been some stretches where, you know, I've watched Arkansas here the past couple of games and in, in wins, but they, they've gone stretches where they just don't score the basketball. And, and mm-hmm. I think you just can't you can't do that against against a, a, a high scoring Kentucky team. So I like Kentucky, you know, maybe in a in a in a close one that, you know, Arkansas playing at home. I, I think uh, Kentucky, though, gets it done. Yeah, I, I agree with all, with all your points there, Colton. And Kentucky's also they're averaging four more points per game right now. They're shooting six percent better from the three point line. Mm-hmm. I, I think. Those things lead up to doing just enough to get a close victory here. Yeah, I, li- I like the Wildcats as well. Um, in the four loss or in the losses, the six losses, I guess that Arkansas has had, they've given up. They give up a lot of points in those losses. They've given up an average of eighty-one points, which is exactly what the Wildcats are averaging <laughs> as a team. So, um, and the, I think Kentucky, they're, they're shooting a little better. They're shooting forty-nine percent from the. From the field, I, I like the I like the Wildcats, uh, the offense to uh, to pull out this win over Arkansas as well. All right. Next on the list, we got number three Auburn. Bruce Pearl's got his team at twenty four and three uh, against a number seventeen Tennessee team coming in at twenty at twenty and seven. Mm-hmm. So I, for me on this one, I'm going with Auburn. They score six more points per game. Tennessee just hasn't been consistent enough mm-hmm. this year. You know, they went out there and they beat they beat Kentucky, and then they turn around and they lose to Arkansas. Mm-hmm. It's just I'm not seeing the consistency you need to see from Tennessee to constantly beat these top ranked teams. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I think Auburn's got enough here to get it done. Yeah, I think I think uh, Auburn is kind of a more complete team, if you will, um, than, than Tennessee. I mean. Yeah, they, they give up maybe a few more points than they would like to see, but they, they also score a lot more than, than Tennessee does. So, you know, Tennessee plays pretty, you know, pretty well on the defensive end, but there are a lot of times where they fail to, to score mm-hmm. score the bucket. I mean, their leading scorer averages just over 13 points. So, I mean, not a huge, you know, scorer there. So, I mean, they do spread the ball around, and, you know, anybody is capable of, you know, getting a bucket or, you know, scoring for them, which I think is something you want you want to see. But I just think – Auburn is more of a complete team. has has more, you know, the better the better athletes in this one. I think Auburn gets gets the win as well. Yeah, I, we'll make it three for three on this one as well. I just think Auburn's offense, like Matt said, scoring you know six or seven points more a game over over a Tennessee team that you know in the games that I've watched them, it's not the the typical Tennessee team I'm used to seeing that 
you know, puts up just a ton of points. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just think Auburn, uh, um, is, their offense is just going to be too much for Tennessee. So, yeah. All right, next one, we got number five, Kansas at 23 and four. Going into Baylor, number 10, Baylor at uh, 23 and five. Th- this is going to be a good one, I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Baylor's averaging not a little over nine steals a game. Mm-hmm. Pretty impressive. Uh, but uh, in their in their losses, they they have only less than sixty five points in their five losses. So, you know they they have been uh, you know struggling to score the ball at times. And the previous meeting, Kansas beat this Baylor team by twenty four points. Right. Um, so I think you got Baylor. I mean, looking for revenge, but I, I think Kansas is going to be too much for them. You know, three of three or four Kansas losses were all against ranked teams. They know how to play against good teams, and I think I think Kansas Jayhawks get this one. Mm-hmm. Matt, what, what what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm going with a lot of the same points that, that Rob just made there. You know, Kansas previously beat them by 24 points already. That was just within a couple of weeks ago, so oh, it's yeah. not like a ton has changed since right. then. They, they, they know what they're you know they know their opponent yeah. and things like that. So, so these two teams are playing very similar to how they were at that point. Right. Right. I mean, on paper, these two look like this game should be very close. I think it is much closer than that 24-point victory, but I yeah. think Kansas still has enough to get it done. Yeah, yeah. If you look at that that first matchup, I mean, Baylor shot 30% from the field, and, and Kansas shot 51, almost 52% mm-hmm. from the field, so almost you know doubling up what, what Baylor did. And, and for me, I think the difference in this one is, is the three point the three point line. Baylor likes to shoot a lot of threes and you know does it at a pretty good pretty good rate. Um, they they shoot almost thirty five percent from three point line, which is good for thirty five uh, or good for third in the in the Big Twelve. But on the flip side, you got Kansas who only allows their opponents to shoot about twenty eight percent from mm. from the three point line. So they they, they do very well at defending it. And I think if if you know Baylor can't get that three ball going early, I, I like Kansas to to win this one and, and make it, you know, an ugly game again just because Baylor can't is struggling to, to stroke that three ball to, to stay up. And, you know, Kansas has a has a 20-point score in, in Oshai Abaji, who's, who's averaging a little over 20 points and just a, a big part of why that, that Kansas team is as good as they are this year. And so, you know, I think Kansas gets the, gets the win here and, 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 you know, makes a clean sweep of, of the Bears this year. All right. <clears throat> well, we're all agreed so far. Let's get to our last game. You got Creighton, the game in the Big East. Creighton going in against Providence. Um, it's funny. This is the only time these two teams are going to see each other this year. Their earlier game got postponed, so we don't have anything to draw on from, from the earlier game um, in the season. So Providence has kind of a team of back – I mean, they've only lost three games, which were to Virginia, Marquette, and Villanova, which are all – you know, Marquette's not ranked, um, and Virginia's not at this point either, but all good teams, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they got wins over UConn, Seton Hall, Wisconsin. Xavier and uh, beat Marquette in the second game. So, I don't know. This Providence team, to me, is just a hard team to figure. Um, you know, looking at it, yeah, 18-8 and eight against 22-3. Uh, and three, I think the easy pick would be, would be Providence for me. Um, and I think I am going to go with that, but not based on their record. Um, I'm just going on, you know, based against playing against, you know, quality teams so far this year. Uh, you know, Creighton only has, you know, quality wins against UConn and at that time a ranked BYU team. But I think Providence is is the 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 easy pick 
but not for the records, I think, because of the teams that they've beaten so mm-hmm. far this year. Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I have to agree with you. I think Providence pulls this one out. I think it'll be a, a pretty close game because, uh, you know, if you look at some of the, a lot of the games that, that Providence has played, they really haven't really blown out too many, uh, you know, any, you know, any opponents. And even in their losses, they really haven't gotten blown out. So they like to keep it, keep it close and keep you on the edge of your seat. But I just think that they, they've been a little bit more battle tested, have some, some bigger wins over some more quality opponents than, than Creighton does, uh, you know, and then Providence, they average almost 21 free throws attempted in, in a game. So I think if, if Creighton, you know, fouls, you know, get into a foul situation, Providence is going to, you know, knock down some free throws in, in a close game and, and take home the victory. Mm. All right. Well, this is where I guess we're going to have to part ways, guys. <laughs> I'm, right. I'm going to take Creighton in this one in an upset. These two teams on paper are very close statistically. Uh, there's not really a category that separates either of them from each other. And I, I think Creighton knows they need this game more than Providence does to boost their tournament hopes. So I, I think just on the, the need to win this game alone factor, that's going to be enough to get Creighton over the edge. And they, they pull off a, an upset and a close one. All right. All very right. good. All right. Well, that's all we got for you tonight. Uh, we're going to come at you next week, I believe, on Thursday night, um, uh, 7 o'clock, 7.15 from Matt's base. We'll be live. But Colton's going to tell you where you can pick up all the, the past episodes. Yeah. So we appreciate you guys for listening to Fire It Up with your hosts, Colton Cow. Chief Rob Cow. Matt Cordes. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our episode this week. And, you know, if you – want to hear other topics for for future episodes or you know you just got one of those burning sports questions out there that you know we we haven't talked about here on the show you know feel free to reach out to us on our on our social medias we have an instagram page at fired up underscore podcast or you can find us over on facebook if you search for fired up comma sports podcast so you know hit us up there or you know getting closer and closer to march so you know you know what that means you know march march madness time and that's i know the panels, one of the panel's favorite topics to talk about. So, you know, we're looking forward, looking forward to that. But, uh, you know, stay, so stay tuned for, for those future episodes. But, you know, as, as always, you can also head over to our website, which is fireitup1.podbean.com, and uh, you can find all of our past episodes and, you know, just a little bit of uh, information about, about the show. And, um, you know, you can also find all of our past episodes on pretty much every podcast platform, you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify, so pretty much anywhere you, you can find a podcast, you can find find ours on there. So appreciate you guys listening, and as always, stay, stay fired, fired up. up.